0: Friday, everybody, and welcome to another cool episode of Mad Men. Wait, Maid Man. Madman's the show I watch. Maid Man's the show I am. Whew. Happy Friday, everybody. Today I just literally just finished watching episode nine of season four, The Beautiful Girls. Beautiful girls. Yes, I was. I almost said the beautiful women, but um, this wasn't just about women. This was about girls too. It seems like that title has to do with a lot of the women in the lives of these men, um, not just Don, but also Roger and Bert. Um, this this episode was focused a lot on Don and his relationships. Uh, But also on the women and their relationships. The episode starts with Don on the phone. um, But I think it was just the... I wasn't sure if he was talking to uh, the horrible Betty or a a client. And I don't even remember if it came up again in the episode. (sighs) But um, it cuts over to Don and Faye. I finally know her name. I keep saying the woman from Stranger Things. Dr. Faye. Um... Miller, I want to say, Dr. Miller, but Faye is her name. Her and Don are getting a little, um, they're, they're having, they're doing the sex. Her and Don are doing sex and, um, they're, they focus on two, uh, soda bottles that are like in the living room, but then they cut to the bedroom where the sex is taking place. Uh, and they're like, oh, I don't want to look at the clock. I don't want to look at the clock. They're kind of you know, cuddling. So it seems like this has been going on. You know, we, we did see them go on a date and it seems like things have been, ev- well, they've definitely escalated because of the sex. Uh, and, you know, she's got to go work at another um, clientele and he's got a meeting today and she doesn't want to say what she's doing for these other clients because she doesn't talk about h- him to them. You know, she she works at other firms. She's a consultant. Um, And Don's like, all right, I got to go to work. You can um, let yourself out. You know, she's like, oh, okay. He goes off to work, and I'm sure I'm going to screw this up. Um, But I'm going to stay with Don's story. Let's stay with Don's story. So Don goes to work, and he is meeting with um, a Fillmore Autopots. 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 And these guys are from Boston, so they got the accent like me, except. No one can ever truly do the Boston accent perfect. They almost do a little too much. Like they're trying to be Mayor Quimby or they're trying to talk like uh, like they're the, like John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do for you. You know, I don't live in Boston. I live north of Boston. But, you know, um, by, by that I mean about, you know, 25 miles north of Boston. I live like 45 minutes out of Boston. Uh, so I, I always say north of Boston, south of New Hampshire, right on the tip of New Hampshire. Um, but we all have that same, we all have a tinge of that accent. You know, it's not like full on Southie, you know, or, you know, accent, um, but it comes out, you know. And I've already said, I say words, I'll say ca. Um, well, I don't know if I say ca, but I say ca. I don't say car. I can't say car unless I'm trying to pronounce words properly. Uh, See, I would say properly. So these guys are from Boston, and we learn from uh, someone that Peggy um, is hanging out with that these Fillmore, not Fillmore Graves, that's uh, iZombie, Fillmore Auto Parts are, they're racist. They won't hire uh, Negroes in the South. Look, that's their term. I'm not using, that's not how I talk. That's the term they use. Uh, and I see I'm sitting with Don, with that. That bleeds into Peggy's storyline. So um, anyway, they're meeting with this clientele. And one of the secretaries comes in and says to um, to Don, whisper something in his ear. And he's like, what? He comes out and goes into his office. And there is Sally Draper. She. Oh, no. She's in the reception with a woman. Some woman found her on the train sneaking in between cars and took her to Don's office. Don was very grateful. Very mad at Sally. But very grateful to the woman. And the woman was like a real bitch. And she's like, you know, that's typical of men not knowing what's going on. He's like, I thanked you and I offered you money. What more do you want from me? Um, and so that old old lady left. That old bag. That's from Seinfeld. That's not me. Um, she leaves. Don takes Sally into the office and gets really angry at her. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? I wanted to see you. I didn't want to wait two weekends. Uh, he's like. Give me five minutes. You know, can you just stay in here for a little bit? Don't move. He didn't say five minutes. And he says to Mrs. Langenship, that's his old woman's secretary, stay here. Don't let her out of your sight. Don't let her leave this room. Okay. Goes back into the meeting. And he's back meeting with these guys. And these guys can't figure out what they want. They don't know know what they want their tagline to be. Do They want it to be for the professional or for... Um, every person. I wonder if these are almost like the Pet Boys, these brothers. It was that kind of a uh, play on that. Um, and you know, while they're trying to figure this out, we see um, Peggy go over and notice Mrs. Langenship sleeping. And she's like, "Mrs. Langenship? Is it Langenship or Langen Camp? No, Langen from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mrs. Langenship. She taps her, and boom, head down, goes over. She's dead. Out of the blue." This woman dies. She has. She's always had great one-liners. Um, out of the blue, she's dead, and they have to go back in and get Don again. He comes out, and he's. This is this. This meeting is going on. These clientele's big glass doors in the office, but they're, they're back as to what's going on. He goes out. He's like, oh, we have to do something. Uh, make sure Sally's in there. Make sure she doesn't come out here. Um, they're like, do we call the morgue? Do we do this? Jane's like, you gotta call the coroner. Get a blanket. And they said there's one in, in Mr. Crane's office. He goes back into the meeting, and he's like, uh, "Okay, um, let's figure this out." They're like, uh, "We figured out what we want for the tagline." Don's really distracted because behind these guys, you see Pete. This is, I think, it's the only moment Pete's in the whole episode. You see Pete and Joan, and they're trying to car- cover Mrs. Langship with a blanket, trying to roll out. It was very like um, slapsticky comedy. It was, it was pretty funny, and Don is trying to stay. You know, in the moment, but also can't keep, can't help but keep his eye on what's going on, you know, outside the office. The meeting ends. He goes into Sally's office and he gets angry with her. You know, he's like, What are you doing? How can you do this? She's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to, I wanted to see you. I didn't want to be, um, I don't want to wait two weekends. He's like, You can't do that. You know, you, you're, does your, he calls um, the horrible Betty. She's like, What? And he's like, uh, Yo, he didn't say yo. He goes, guess who's sitting here? Uh, Sally. She's like, what are you talking about? He goes, she she took the train into my office, and a woman found her and brought her in. He's like, that's crazy. He goes, what the hell? She said Carla was supposed to pick her up. The doctor said she should walk from her 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 meeting her her doctor's appointment to the camp to the camp. And he's like, oh, great psychiatry. She's like, don't you argue with me? I'm horrible. He goes, well, your daughter's here. You got to come get her. Well, I'll be in this city tomorrow with Harry with uh, with Henry. Um, you can, we'll pick her up then. she doesn't even want to see her daughter, she'll pick her up tomorrow. It's like, she's your problem. Oh, Betty, you bitch! Um, they really bitchified Betty in this episode. And I loved it, because I hate her. Uh, so, Don... Is like, Ugh, I gotta have you here. Goes to Faye and says, Can you please do me a favor? Because stuff's going on. This, a woman just died in her office. Um, her da- His daughter showed up out of nowhere. He's like, Can you please get um, this? Can you please bring her home? He gives her the keys. And she's like, Okay. You know, they are kind of seeing each other now. So she was okay enough to do this. Brought Sally home. Um, her and Sally kind of, uh, I don't know, they. They didn't show them home alone all that much. So she brings Sally home. Dawn, after this going on, the woman, I think her name is Megan. She's the very pretty secretary that sits out at the front desk. She's like, you should probably go home and uh, I'll cover your calls. He's like, okay, thank you. Um, Take all my calls out here. He goes home. He sees, um, you know, he thanks Faye. She asks her to stay for dinner. She's like, no, I should go. She leaves and Sally's like, can we get pizza? And Don, it's funny. This was the best Don and Sally moments yet. Sally's getting a little older, so she's not just this tiny little actress girl who's just there to be a daughter. She can actually hold her own. And um, I don't know the actress actress's name. in her. she has a cool, unique name. And I know she's Sabrina, the teenage witch, now on uh, Netflix. But um, you could see she's she's growing up. She can talk and they carry conversations and they can go back and forth. And I thought it was really awesome. Um, just seeing Don kind of like get angry, but then couldn't stay angry. was happy to have his daughter there. She wants to live with him all the time. Now she's like, can we live together forever? He's like, you have your brothers, you have school issues. They can live here too. That's how much she wants to get out of that. Goddamn Betty and and Henry Francis house. I would too. Um, and by the way, it's Don's house. Damn it. So she, um, he puts her to bed and they wake up, she wake, John wakes up the next day and sees Betty, I mean, um, Sally's made her, made her French toast. And he's like, you don't like, I don't like you turning on the oven. She goes, oh, I learned how to do it from Carla. Of course it was from Carla. Of course your mother didn't teach you. She's too busy not doing things, not being a mother. Urgh! I'm so angry. Um, and I'm, I feel so bad for Sally because she does not want to live in that house. It's not that the house is terrible; it's just that her mother is terrible. Um, it's it's actually a very funny moment. Don, uh, Don's eating it. He's like, "What did you put on this?" He goes, "Mrs. Buttersworth. She's like, "Can I see the bottle?" Put, she pulls out this giant bottle. He goes, "That's rum. You got to read the label." She's like, "Oh, is it bad?" He goes, "No, it's pretty good." He, and he kept eating it. And they decided he, he to he decided to push all his stuff till noon and. They um, were going to have a day together, just father and daughter. Uh, they they went to the zoo or to the dinosaur Museum. I'm not sure exactly went, where they went, but that was their day together. Brings her into work, and they're all happy and holding hands and smiling and waving. And uh, then he goes in and has a little meeting with the people about the Fillmore uh, auto parts, and they're working on a jingle, and, you know, um, um, Peggy, brings up Harry Belafonte, and they're like, I don't think Harry Belafonte would work with these guys. Uh, It's very different in the South. She's like, they're from Boston. And they're like, same thing. Damn it. No, it's not. Bosley gets a bad rap. Screw that. Maybe back then, though. I'm sure it was. Um, And we'll get to Peggy. We'll get to Peggy and and, and where this ties in. But Don has a little meeting. Then they're like, oh, uh, your your, um, wife... Ex-wife, Mrs. Francis, whatever you want to call her. Sally's mom is here in the lobby. He's like, okay, we'll go down in a few minutes. Uh, Then Sally's mom is in the reception area. And they're like, you got to, come on, we got to go. Sally freaks out and throws a tantrum and says, I don't want to go. And then Dawn puts Faye on the spot and says, can you talk to her? And she tries to, and it doesn't work. And then he takes, grabs Sally to run. And Sally runs down the hall, falls down, starts crying uh, that woman, Megan's there to hug her, make her feel a little better. Uh, and Sally just resigned to the fact that she can't live with her dad. She has to go back to her mom. Goes to the lobby and there's bitchy Draper, bitchy Frances, Betty. I mean, Betty with her white gloves, smoking a cigarette in the lobby. And Sally comes out. and She touches Sally's face. and She's like, I miss you. But at that moment, it was like it was like Dawn had backup because Sally's there. I mean, uh, Betty's there. And being, you know, Betty, nobody likes. Sally does not want to go to Betty. And there you see Don, And behind Dawn, you see Joan. You see Peggy. You see Faye. You see Megan. Megan. I want to say Megan, right? All the women of the office kind of like, we got your back, Dawn. Um, We are, maybe they are the beautiful girls. I don't know. Um, but we got your back. We, we feel for you. Um, we're on your side. And they're like, she's like, bye, Sally. Bye, Daddy. And that's the end of that. And that's kind of the end of Don's story. Um, We did see Don writing in his pad again the night that he had uh, uh, Sally over. But that was really the end of Don. Oh, no, it wasn't the end of Don's story. He went back into his office. Faye was there. He's like, can you pour me a drink? She's like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. She got really pissed at Don putting her on the spot. She's like, I'm not good with kids. I like kids, but I I didn't have kids. And I did that by choice. And I don't regret it. And Don's like, it doesn't matter. That's okay. It doesn't matter. They hug it out. And I think they're okay. This is like the most mature relationship Don, I I think, has had. Um, It's not an extramarital affair. And it's with a respectable... um, I'm not saying he hasn't had... Well, you know, he's been with a lot of women. Um, But it seems like something that I I think would be good for him. So I'm interested to see where this goes. And that's really Don Draper's story. Um, I mentioned Peggy. Peggy has that um, friend of hers that I—I I mean, I guess I don't know what else to call her—but she's she's the the lesbian friend who she met uh, at a party before, and they've they've hung up hung out and, and have become friends. Um, and of course, the guys in the office are making crude remarks about a man—you you—you know—you can't do what a man could do. And the woman just gives it right back. She's like, "You're right," and she licks Peggy's cheek just to kind of shock the guy. It's that dicky guy who we got naked with Peggy uh, in the in the hotel room just to prove a point and uh, he was like completely like he was taken back by her uh, and she did it basically to put him in his place which she did um, they go out for drinks and this guy shows up which the, woman, the Peggy's friend set up the whole time they met at a party the party that I think they all met at he's a writer and she's like I gotta go play darts and leaves them to talk and you leave Peggy to talk with some guy this guy He's, uh, you know, very, very liberal, very, um, I don't want to say hippy-dippy because he's not hippy-dippy, but he's a very liberal guy who who brings up the fact that Fillmore Autos is racist and doesn't uh, um, hire Negroes, as they said. And Peggy's like, I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't know if that's true. He goes, it is. Look it up. She's like, well, you know. I don't think we'd work with someone like that, but it's, it's, it's our job to try to better that and improve upon that. And he starts giving the old shit of how can you work for these corporations? How can you work for these people? Oh, because she said, you know, I remember what it was. He brought up corpor- corporations and she was like, uh, he was like, you know what it's like to work with corporations. I want to say corporations with my accent. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, we work with uh, to big tobacco and auto, but we also work with smaller mom and pop stores. That's where film uh, autos came up. That's where the argument started. And this guy is very much like he has his agenda. He has, he's like, um, not like he has his mission, his, um, I can't think of the word, but he's very much like into uh, the non-establishment and Peggy just doesn't feel that way. She doesn't care that much. You know, she's thoughtful about it. She doesn't. Like the fact that what she's hearing that this company's racist, she brought it up in that meeting. She says, "Why? Why would we work with a company that's racist?" And Don said, "You know, it's not our job. It's our job to make men like Fillmore Auto Parts. It's not our job to make Fillmore Auto Parts like Negroes." That's literally the line. Um, and Peggy, uh, she just didn't. She didn't care. Like she kind of got turned off by this guy, and he left. She left for the night. He showed up at her office, and he inspired her to write this whole thing about ad, uh, advertising agencies. It was in Nuremberg on on Madison Avenue or something like that. And he he wrote it for her. She read it. She hated it. She's like, I would get fired. This is so bad. Basically, he's probably tearing apart the ad age, ad world. And she did not like it at all. She got pissed at him. She ripped up the paperwork. He's like, you lose it. And he's like, I thought you were different. She's like, I don't. I'm not. This is who I am. I'm not I'm not political. I don't care. Boom. She likes her job. She likes what she does. And later on, her friend shows up again, and she's like, sorry. He did, you know, that's a man for you. It didn't work out for you. Do you want to go get lunch? And Peggy's like, nah, I'm good. I don't know if she's going to stop hanging around with these people, because maybe she sees herself as being more like the madmen than the, um, you know, the, the hippie generation. I don't know. Or the, whatever they are, the art generation. Um I don't know if that is a split, but she just didn't feel it today. You know, maybe also because she found a, a discovered a woman dead in her office. That might have been an issue. Um, and that's really Peggy's story. It was a great moment where she opened Don's office after Mrs. Lane came and died. She sees Sally in there, and she just yells at him, "Don't you come out here!" And Sally's like, "I know." And I think it was because you know there's a dead body out here. Um, and that's really it for Peggy's story. One thing I want to mention is, oh no. Well, we'll Now we'll go to uh, the story that might have interested me the most: Roger and Joan. Dun, 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 Our first kind of moments with Roger and Joan were Roger and Joan having affairs, and um, you know they that kind of broke broke off. Roger's uh, marriage disintegrated. He he got his new marriage with his young bride. She's going away for the long weekend, and. Joan got a husband who I'm not a really big fan of but he we just were just heard word got called up right after basic training he's going to Vietnam so Joan is on edge Joan is angry Roger is is on the phone talking to a publisher about his book about his memoirs and he, he, I don't think he's happy with what people are saying about it Joan comes in and he starts ta- you know she's doing his small talk with her she's not having it she's like you need to sign these and not uh, not um, initial these. Um, thank you very much, and just walks out. She's not really high on him. She doesn't like him kind of being, you know, flirty. She doesn't... But she's on edge. And Roger's secretary says, you know, her told her about the husband going to Vietnam. He's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Joan gets a knock on her door later that night, and the Swedish masseuse shows up for a massage and a manicure and a pedicure. She didn't say who it was from, but we know it was from Roger. She comes in the next day and says, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And Roger's like, you know, we should, I should take you out sometime. He, she's like, oh, of course, you wanted something in return. He's like, no, no, that's not it, not it at all. Um, and he's like, I just, you know. She's like, thank you very much, I really appreciate it. And that was, that was that. Then, after Mrs. Langenship died, um, they were. It seemed like everyone was on edge and upset. And Roger's like, I, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't want to die here. She's like, you're not going to die here. He's like, I almost died here twice. He goes, if, if I look like I'm going, open up a window and I want to flatten a taxi cab. Uh, and that was great. And then he mentioned, he goes, let's, "Let's can we just get out here and get a bag to eat? They go to this small little diner. And Jones like, why did we ever go here? He goes, so we wouldn't run into anybody. But everyone's older now, and they just, they enjoyed some cheesecake. And um, then they went for a walk on the way home. They got robbed at gunpoint. And I thought maybe Roger was going to Do some sleight of hand to keep her ring, but everything got taken. Her purse got taken, her rings got taken, and everything got stolen. And there she was shooken up. She was gonna, she felt like screaming. Roger's like, Don't do it, don't scream. It's just stuff, stuff can be replaced. And in the heat of the moment, she's all amped up. He's all amped up right on the side of the road. They start kissing. Not only do they start kissing, but they are like full-on doing it. They're doing the sex, right on the side of the road, because you could hear, like, pants moving and stuff. I mean, that's happening right then and there. Roger and Joan. Are we back in the game? I don't know. We might be, because the next day there was, um, you know, Bert has known Mrs. Langenship for a long time, Bert Cooper, and he's the one who called her next of kin to let them know she passed away. um, Roger had a great line when he was upset. He goes, "Mrs. Langenship, she died doing she died how she lived, answering for phones answering phones for people she worked for." That was a great line. But the line of the day, the line of the show, came from Bert Cooper. He was really struggling. He wanted to write her obituary. He was really struggling, struggling. So they brought in Joan. Um, Rogers like, bring Joan in. You know, Bert's struggling. Joan's like, right there. Boom! You should say this. You should say that. Um, you know, she, she, um, you know, beloved, uh, executive secretary, make her feel more, you know, more important. And Bert said the line that just was like unbelievable. He said she was born in 1899 in a barn. She died on the 37th floor of a skyscraper or high rise. She's an astronaut. Just the way he said, she's an astronaut. Basically meaning from where she came from, from where she go, where she ended up is like an unbelievable adventure leaps and bounds to get from someone in a barn to the someone in a giant um, building in an executive in a high rise in a big business. Like she's, she's, she did it. She made the leap. And I just thought that was such an, even when I just heard it, I went, Oh my God, that's such a great line. So I wanted to make a point to say it here now. Um, after Bert left and, and they worked on the obituary, Joan, uh, Rogers apologized to Joan. He's like, look, I want to apologize. Um, It was the heat of the moment and I'm sorry. And Joan said, I'm not sorry. And I was like, oh, she goes, but I am married. And so are you. And she starts to walk away and Rogers like, I still feel something. I know you do too. And that was kind of the end of their story. Uh, And I, and I went, you know, I went in blocks and pieces, you know, uh, shifted around And I know I didn't do this in order, but I think I covered everything in this episode. Uh, We did see a little Ken Gosgrove. He was working on the Fillmore Auto Parts account. He was uh, insensitive about one of the brothers having a stutter, but they're racist, so screw them. Um, Again, we only saw Pete moving a dead body, which was awesome. Yeah, I think that pretty much covered everything. Oh, Harry. Harry had one line where he said, uh, it had two lines. We had one line where he said, "My my mother gave made me that, and it was the blanket or the the afghan that uh, they had to use to cover the dead body." Um, and then he later, they they went by like the uh, office area, and he was making like a Irish wake joke. Um, I don't know where that, why that where that came from, why that's there. But my thinking is the beautiful girls are just all the women that you know these they are. More important than you think, to or they're more important than maybe these guys realize to the goings on of their office, you know. um, Peggy made a a point to this guy during their bar conversation how, you know, she can relate with with what some of the black people are going through. He's like, "What he goes? No one's ever been killed. No woman's been killed trying to vote." And she was really taking, you know. Okay, that doesn't—it's not a one-to-one, but there's some comparison where she's like, you know, all these meetings where all these works going on. I'm not allowed. Women aren't allowed. They—they this one club. They said the only way I can come in is if I'm at a birthday cake, and uh, the guy was having nothing of it. He—you could see he was so blinded to whatever his cause was. He didn't give a shit about the women's cause. All he cared about was, you know, the 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 um, civil rights for for African Americans. Which, believe me, okay, that's not a bad thing to care about. But to not to be so blinded as to think like you women, you have no idea, you know, you you don't go through that shit. Uh, it's just showing how um, dumb he is. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, but you know, Peggy talked about like every time I bring another guy into this office, I'm afraid I could be replaced. Um, and it was kind of like. You got to realize Peggy realizes that you know she's got to do the best she can do to keep her friggin' job. Joan, Joan does everything. If there's a dead body, she'll she'll take care of it. If there's a uh, uh, obituary, she'll take care of it. And then she still has feelings for Roger. She obviously does because she said, "Don't stop," and they did it. They did it. They did it on the street. Um, And then Sally, just Sally, having moments with her dad, not her mom being around. No tension. Just. I mean, it, she got in trouble. She got yelled at for showing up there, and it didn't end great. But there was a great time with her and her dad, and just some great conversation with them, too. Just great back and forth between John Hamm and, and the girl who plays, I don't know her name, the girl who plays uh, Sally. So just Sally and Don having some cool moments. And I think that's it. Um, and you can see this, this death you know hit Roger and hit Bert hard. And the other guys are joking like, well, if you're going to be a secretary for Don Draper, you're either going to get fired, quit or die. Um, So that's, you know, a little jerky. But my friends, I think I've covered it. I think that is it. Another Friday has gone by. And I've talked for almost 28 minutes about this episode. I think it was a good one. And I can't wait to talk about another one next Friday. But that is another week away, my friends. I want to uh, say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I appreciate it. Um, oh excuse me a little burp there. Um, the, the, like every episode has been getting really consistent downloads and I love it. I love it. I love it If you want to reach out to me, the easiest way is mademan at fansonexperts.com or there's a link at fansnotexperts.com or in these show notes where you can leave a message uh, using the anchor app or I think you can do it right through the anchor website. Uh, leave me a message. I will play it on the show. I've done it before. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Now, I just want to give you a, a little uh, something else. Um, all month long, I've been doing a, a movie a day podcast called uh, Fans On Experts Movie Month, uh, where every day I see a movie, I podcast about a movie. And that's over at Geek Mentality. You can find that at fansonexpertscom slash movie month, fansnotexperts.com slash geek mentality. Search Geek Mentality in your podcast. Uh, service and you will see there's 21 or 20 podcasts. 21 is going to be going up today Uh, I saw a movie this morning it was not very good spoiler no 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 spoiler you're going to have to download that episode to see what it was Um, I think that's it I think we've done it another episode in the books and we are getting closer and closer to the end of season four and closer and closer to our first year anniversary I was looking it up, and our, we started August 1st. Uh, we started August 1st. Then we had an episode a couple days later, which was on a Friday. And then we've stuck to the Friday episode ever since. Um, one thing I love about this podcast that I'm doing is the show is older. So it's not like, oh, people aren't watching you know f- f- episodes ago. Or The show is evergreen, which means five years from now, if someone wants to watch uh, Mad Men, they can find my podcast and they can listen to it. I'm um, sure they're going to hear me talking about things that are happening at the moment. and Maybe they'll hear me saying too much about the Bruins. That's fine. But um, the important thing is, is this podcast will always be there. And I will always be there in your heart. And you will always be there for me as I travel the cosmos. So that makes no sense. Um, on a journey to become a maid... Can you tell no one's home? I can be loud. Now he's got to go out. Bye. Fans not experts.